Are you trying to do all the things? Sometimes that feels like the chief directive of our culture. Do it all, have it all. Well, guess what? That's a great way to wreck your inner life, your relationships, and end up dissatisfied. Hey friends, I'm Mark Allen Shelsky, and this is The Apprenticeship Way, a podcast about learning how to live life with Jesus. I'm back from my summer break, and this is episode five. It's time to make friends with your limits. I love spring in Portland. April, May, the very beginning of June, that's when blue sky sunshine days begin to break through the winter veil of wet grayness that we have lived under for months. When those days happen, man, they are glorious. Especially in contrast with the wet gray of winter and the short few weeks of scalding summer that come later. All the living things emerge, all the flowering trees which we have all over Portland, they bloom, everything becomes pink and red and white. All this budding life declares that the season is changing. Winter's passing, summer is marching towards us. So when spring came this year, it mirrored what was happening inside of me for the past year as well. My own season is changing. In March, I left a side job that was helping make ends meet. The job was really helpful for several years. I think it was an answer to prayer. But the job kept growing and taking more and more mental and emotional space. And with the demands of pastoring, and the new requirements of that side job, I just could not move the ball forward with my writing. So I took a leap. My wife, Christina, gave me the green light, even though it will make things tight for our family. It's scary. It's a risk. It might not work. But at the same time, I could feel the newness bubbling up inside of me. Have you ever felt that? It's good, right? But seeing the signs of spring means that you've just been in winter. That was true for my front yard. It's been true for my heart as well. This past winter, I did something I've never done before. I made a choice to stop doing some things that I love. I knew I was heading into a brutal, busy season. We had big changes going on at Bridge City, the church where I pastor. This was going to take a lot of my attention and time. I also knew that I would be working hard to train my replacement at this job that I was leaving. So I made a hard choice. I set down all of my writing and writing-related work. I was afraid to do it. I was afraid that if I set it down, I wouldn't be able to come back to it. I was afraid I'd lose momentum. After all, I just launched The Wisdom of Your Heart this year, and the first six months of a book's life are the most crucial. I was afraid of what might happen if I stopped pushing hard. But I set it all down, because I knew I would not be able to give my best to what I was facing if I didn't let some things go. This was a new step for me, something I'd never done before, and it was rooted in a lesson God's been teaching me that I want to share with you. I've been learning that limits are a gift of grace. I used to hate limits. I used to live at 100 miles an hour saying yes to all the things. I just didn't accept the idea that I can't accomplish everything I set out to do. Do you feel me? Maybe some of you have that same bug. Well, I've started to learn that limits aren't bad at all. They are, in fact, a part of God's good design. In Genesis, In the first creation poem there at the beginning, we see God creating all the stuff. That's the part we're used to focusing on. But did you know God also created limits? Listen to some lines from the creation poem in Genesis 1. This is Genesis 1, uh, verses 6 to 10. Then God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters, separating waters from waters. 
So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse sky, evening came, and morning the second day. Then God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and he called the gathering of the water sea, and God saw that it was good. Now, do you see what God's doing here? Hey, land is going to be over here. Water, you're going to be over there. This is a limit. The water can't come any further. And the rest of the creation story is full of this kind of limitation. Plants and vegetables are going to grow this way and reproduce this way, but animals, that's going to be a different story. That's a limit. Animals aren't plants. Plants aren't animals. The sun will shine in the day, the moon at night. That's a limit. See, one of the things this poem tells us is that a healthy, well-functioning world exists when each part is living within its appropriate limits. That's part of what God called good. It wasn't just that God created the sea and saw the waves and the beautiful water and called it good. It's that God created the sea, gave it limits, and said, sea existing in these limits is good. Look, you and I are the same way. A good life a life that reflects how God made us, a life that actually has freedom and wholeness, will be lived with limits. I'm going to mention four. These are four limits that are part of all of our lives. doesn't matter who you are or where you're at in your journey. To live within these four limits will lead towards peace and satisfaction. To fight against these limits will lead towards brokenness and pain. First, you have limited time. I know it sounds obvious, but this game is quite a shock to me when I realized it. Most of my life I've lived like I really had unlimited time. I could promise anything to anyone because all I have to do would be to work harder to reach the goal and it would be fine. Everything would work out. A few late nights, done. No problem. But that way of living depends on two lies. The first lie is that I'm in complete charge of all of my time, and that's just not true. There are many people who have a rightful claim on my time. Christina, my wife, my children, my church congregation, my friends, they all have an appropriate claim on my time. The second lie is that my time is an unlimited resource. It was painful, brutal, when I awoke to the fact that I only have so many more days left in this life. I only get so many more days to spend with the people I love, only so many more days to do work that matters, to use my gifts only so many more days to enjoy God's good earth. How many of those days am I going to waste doing things I don't really even care about? How many of those limited number of days am I just going to give away to the agenda of other people? How many of those days am I willing to lose to busy work or fear or distraction? This is the first good limit that we have to face. We have limited time. Second, you have limited physical capacity. This isn't some weakness that makes you unworthy, no matter what Instagram tells you. This is true for everyone. Your level of physical energy and your capacity is governed by your natural constitution as well as by your health and wellness. You can stretch it in short bursts, especially if you're younger, but you can't stretch your capacity for long without paying for it. Our culture tells us to do more and more and more all the things until we reach our capacity and then we have to pile on five-hour energy and gallons of legal stimulants and sugar. We keep hearing that our worth is based on our performance, our accomplishment. And over time, we take all that in 
And we start to believe that things like taking a Sabbath day or taking a nap or taking a vacation are somehow a debit against our account of personal value in the world. All of that is a destructive lie. Your body is a gift you've been given. Burning it out honors no one. This is the second good limit we have to face. We have limited physical capacity. The third limit is very similar. You have limited emotional energy. Relationships take emotional energy. Creativity takes emotional energy. Problem solving takes emotional energy. Parenting takes emotional energy. Grieving takes emotional energy. And you don't have an infinite supply. If you don't make it a priority to refresh your heart, to rest and reflect, to sometimes be alone, to do the things that restore your heart, it will cost you. You will find yourself living in a constantly emotionally tapped out state. What happens then? Everything that requires emotional energy will be harder. You'll be less careful with the people around you. You'll have less willpower to make good choices regardless of your intention and commitment. You'll do damage to your heart and your mind and to the people around you. That's not a good way to live. This is the third good limit we have to face. We have limited emotional energy. Finally, you also have limits that emerge from the season of life you're in and who God's calling you to be. So for example, if you're the parent of small children, that's a season that you're in. That season requires all of your focus and attention. It's emotionally costly. Truth is, you can't be a great parent and be great at everything else in your life. Being a parent's a kind of limitation, but it's also a season, which means it doesn't last forever. There are lots of seasons like this. Maybe you're taking care of an ailing parent. Maybe you're an accountant and it's tax time. Maybe it's summer vacation and your kids are home from school and that completely upends your whole routine. Maybe you're looking for work. Every one of these seasons requires a specific kind of focus. And if you're going to give your best to the season you're in, you just won't be able to do all the things. Your season is a limitation, but it won't last forever. I set down my writing and my writing-related work for a season, but I did that so that I could offer my best self to other commitments, to my family, to this job transition, to new things at my church. So whatever season you're in, acknowledge it. You're not a failure because you can't do all the things. Focus on the season you're in, the season at hand. Give it your best, and just remember that as time passes, the season will change, and so will your limits. Our culture tells us that we can have it all and do it all. It's just not true. Trying to live that way is a guaranteed path to damaging your spirit. We don't have all the time in the world. We don't have unlimited energy. We don't have the time to master every skill we find interesting. Our lives are defined by limits. When I was younger, I chafed at that. I wanted to do all the things, but you can't. When you try, you inevitably fall into debt you get into relational debt. You overextend yourself trying to push your body to do more than it's designed to do. You begin to take on financial debt. Your calendar's stuffed and you find yourself unable to meet your commitments. You are living in debt beyond your capacity. When you do that, it takes a toll on you. It leaves you feeling drawn and thin. You have no time for silence, no time to just be in the moment that you're actually in and enjoy it. And as a result, your relationships suffer and also you'll become less aware of God's presence. This is a hard and painful place to live, I know, because I have lived there. 
I've been learning this lesson that I want to share with you. When we choose to live within our limits, we are accepting an incredible gift of grace. We don't have to do all the things and we're still loved. We don't have to say yes to every invitation and obligation and we're still valuable. That's hard for, for a performer like me to believe, but it's true. Maybe, maybe it's something you need to hear too. Today, I want to invite you to evaluate your own life and your limits. Are you living within the good limits God has given you? Or are you on that treadmill, worrying that if you stop accomplishing, your value as a human will go down? Are you conscious of the limits of time, the limits of your body, of your emotions, and of your season of life? Or are you living in debt, emotionally, physically, relationally, financially, because you have to do all the things, you have to say all the yeses, you have to please all the people? If you're there, I want you to know there is freedom and peace to be had. It is surprising to say, but it comes from accepting the good limits God has given you. You are enough. You are worthy. You are loved. You can rest. May you embrace your limits, and in doing so, find the abundant life God created for you. Thanks for listening. I'm just getting back into the swing of things after a wonderful summer vacation with my family. We took an amazing three-week road trip. We took in Craters of the Moon, Dinosaur National Monument, the Rocky Mountains, the Grand Tetons, Yellowstone. It was such a good time. Over the vacation, and for about two months total, I took off from almost all of my writing and writing-related work. On our trip, I stayed off social media entirely, except just to post pictures for our trip for the grandparents to see. It was another exercise of limits. Well, I'm back now and I'm slowly getting everything rolling again. So you'll be getting a new podcast about once every 10 days or so. If you like what you're hearing, you can have it come to you live. I'm scheduling speaking engagements through 2019 and I would be honored to come speak at your church, your retreat, your school, your nonprofit. I talk about practical spiritual growth just like this, but I also talk about emotional discipleship. It is time that the church started paying attention to the role of emotions in our life and faith because you can't grow spiritually if you're not growing emotionally. This is in support of my new book, The Wisdom of Your Heart, Discovering the God-Given Power and Purpose of Your Emotion, which is already out, and the audiobook is gonna be coming out this fall. I would love to bring this message to your community. If you'd like to talk about this episode with me or with other people on the journey, or you'd like to find encouragement for this kind of practical spiritual life, consider joining the Apprenticeship Lab member community. It's just $7.99 a month, and there you'll find a positive private community of people on this same journey. I'm there, we can talk, plus you'll get an encouraging daily video, monthly spiritual life Q&A, access to some online courses for spiritual growth, and some other great things designed to help you learn to live life with Jesus. And if you join before August 1st, you can get on something cool. I'll be leading a guided cohort through my online course, Not Just One More Thing, Spiritual Growth for Busy People. Online courses can be great, but they are always better when you do them with other people. So that's what we're going to do, and you can be a part of that. Do you like this podcast? Well, you can subscribe in iTunes and in every other podcast app out there. You'll also find a video version on my YouTube channel, and you can subscribe to that. I'd be grateful if you take a moment to rate or review this podcast, particularly on iTunes, since that's one of the best ways to help other people discover it. If you're interested in any of that, you'll find the show notes for today's episode, including the scriptures and all the links I just mentioned, at www.markallenshelsky.com forward slash T1.
TAW005. Until next time, remember, in this one present moment, you are loved, you are known, you are not alone.